Well, um, I just want to start by uh, giving you an update. I know a lot of you uh, were, you know, praying and uh, really hoping that um, I would get a PlayStation 5 for Christmas. <laughs> and um, I, I'm sorry to report that Santa did not come through. Um, it's been tough the last uh, day or so, uh, knowing that so many are playing at 60 frames per second in 4K. And I'm not, um, but I, I, you know, I'm going to hang in. Uh, I think that sometime in the next couple months, I'll probably be able to pick one up. So we're going to keep our chins up. We're not going to let this ruin the year, okay? And that's kind of been my uh, attitude, and it's going to kind of keep going forward. The thing is, uh, this is just the latest in a series of things that have been taken away from me uh, this year. Um, I have a, a photo here of the, the top six things that I'm mad about being taken away from me uh, this year. I, uh, we, we can't afford Disneyland because the mouse uh, is pretty greedy. So uh, we go to Knott's Berry Farm. It's, um, it's, it, well, we did. We went once and then the world shut down. And uh, we're just hoping that the doesn't go out of business before we can go again. Uh, family Christmas uh, and Thanksgiving canceled. Um, and actually for good reason in terms of COVID-19 transmission, they actually think that uh, it's, it's family gatherings that are the number one driver of, uh, of COVID-19 because um, family gatherings are so important to people, right? And so even if you're sick, you'll still go. Um, and that actually drives a lot of COVID-19. But, you know, it's rough. I mean, we miss that. I've been very disappointed uh, in a Postmates, Grubhub, DoorDash. When they deliver the Bloomin' Onion from Outback Steakhouse, it's gross. And uh, so I don't want, I can't, I can't go and sit down and have the Bloomin' Onion ever anymore since I'm going to try and lose weight in January. So even if they open it back up, I still can't have it. And stolen. Movie theaters, of course. Um, the salon, I, I can't tell you which salon I go to, but it's operated like a speakeasy. Now, um, it, there's, there's wood paneling across, and it says, says close for good. But if you know the secret number, that someone will open the door for you, and you can slide in and get, uh, get your hair done. So, um, yeah, but for most of us, you know, Doug hasn't had a haircut in a thousand years. Neither is Nate. Don't, 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 okay? Don't ruin this. Don't ruin this with the facts, Doug. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nate, you look great, though. Just keep it going, man. Love it. Um, yeah, campgrounds, uh, not that I would use that, but uh, for those of you who do, uh, public parks uh, in California have been shut down. And I'm feeling, uh, honestly, I'm kind of okay with it, to be honest with you. I'm all, I'm all right with all that. In fact, 2020 has actually been a pretty good year for us. Yeah, I gained 30 pounds, but other than that, like, it's been not bad for the Bennett family. But you know who it has been bad for? Kids. Brooke, I mean, are you, do you, how often do you go to school now? Two days a week. That's good. Good opportunity for like four hours a day, half day. So two hours. So maybe you can sneak in a, a conversation with a friend in between algebraic equations. That's great really good, really healthy for you um, at a time when, you know, your social interaction is so very, very important. We canceled VBS this year. Um, 
we canceled an opportunity for kids to, who normally would never hear the gospel of Jesus. We canceled that. They didn't get that opportunity this year. The fact of the matter is, um, you know, I've seen, I've seen news reports uh, on the rise in, in COVID cases. I've seen news reports on um, the fatalities. I've seen news reports on uh, nursing homes and facilities. I've seen news reports on um, hospitals being o- overrun with, uh, with ICU patients. What I haven't seen are any news reports about kids. I've read a few things. I've read um, that even before the pandemic, 13% of adolescents in the United States of America were receiving, were receiving mental health services um, during uh, school or as part of their education. And I know from my wife, that, uh, who works in public education, that that number is skyrocketing. Um, suicide attempts and successful suicides have been exploding uh, amongst adolescents. Children have basically lost a year of socialization and education. Um, back there, the, the Carsons, you know. Right here, Brooke, many of you online. There's been uh, no major disruption, Evie, Rocco. Um, there's been no major disruption for those at Stony Brook, thank God. Uh, for those of you who homeschool, thank God. But that's not the majority of people in this country. And for better or for worse, and it is for worse, our society has basically said this year, we're going to take a year away from children. We're going to send them into exile for reasons of public health. And I am here to say that I believe that God's put it on my heart to say our kids need to come home. Our kids have been sent away They have been sent off. They have borne the massive burden of everything that's happened this year. And no one has has, has thanked them. No one has thanked them for giving up prom. No one has thanked them for not being able to go to class. No one has thanked them for staying away from their friends, losing relationships, and having everything digitally mediated to them. Brothers and sisters, I believe that the Christmas story speaks to this. And we're going to see it today. We're going to start in Jeremiah 31. Uh, If you're familiar with the story in Matthew of Jesus' birth, you might recognize something here. But if you don't, this will be new. This is what Jeremiah 31, this is written probably around 700 B.C. Uh, The Lord Yahweh proclaims, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and wailing. It's Rachel crying for her children. She refuses to be consoled because her children are no more. Yahweh has said, or Yahweh proclaims, keep your voice from crying and your eyes from weeping because your endurance will be rewarded, declares the Lord. They will return from the land of their enemy. There's hope for your future, declares the Lord. Your children will return home. Well, what's going on here? This, like I said, this is about 700 BC, and I just want to highlight for you Ramah and Rachel. Um, For those of you who are familiar with the Old Testament, you know that Rachel uh, was one of the matriarchs of Israel. She was one of the the first uh, mothers of, of Israelite or Hebrew children. You may also remember that she died in childbirth in Genesis 35. We're told where she died in childbirth. She died in childbirth right next to Bethlehem. 
uh, which is called Ramah. Ramah is the Hebrew for heights. Um, and there's actually, uh, I have a picture of it here, the, the, the traditional location on the heights outside of Bethlehem where Rachel died. Um, uh, that right there is probably not exactly where it happened. Um, we, we do know that there's some, some underground caves uh, about a half mile from here, from this location near Bethlehem, which we think is maybe where uh, Rachel was actually um, uh, buried. Uh, but that's uh, a kever, a kever uh, Rachel. Okay, Kever Rachel, tomb of Rachel. Um, you can go there and visit. Uh, she dies in childbirth, and because she dies in childbirth, she becomes like a symbol of uh, a mourning mother, a mother uh, of Israel who, who mourns when, when, when children are lost. Moreover, um, next slide, we know uh, when, when she's crying and what she's crying about. So she's crying for her children. She refuses to be consoled. Her children are no more. Um, what's happened is uh, Sennacherib, I have a picture of him, Sennacherib was an, uh, an Assyrian conqueror, and he came down in about 721 B.C., in 721 B.C., and he wiped out Bethlehem and some other places in northern Israel. And he took all of the people uh, from Bethlehem, including the children, and, and, and shipped them off to Assyria. Uh, he, he then went, went, went uh, in 701 B.C. to try and uh, sack Jerusalem, where he was uh, miraculously uh, repelled. But that's not part of the story today. Today the story is he takes uh, northern Israel, Bethlehem, the ancestral land of the tribe of ben- Benjamin, and removes them to Assyria. So they've been gone for about 20, 20 plus years when Jeremiah gives us this, this oracle. And Jeremiah says, good news. Your children were taken, but listen. Keep your voice from crying, your eyes from weeping, because your endurance will be rewarded. You've, you've gone for a couple of decades wondering if ever the tribe of Benjamin will return. Your endurance will be rewarded, declares the Lord. They will return from the land of their enemy. There's hope for their future, declares the Lord. Your children will come home. This is the promise. And uh, we don't know exactly when it happened, but we do know that the promise was kept. Um, like I said, Bethlehem was the ancestral home of the tribe of Benjamin. And if you remember from the Christmas story, which takes place around 700 years after this, we know that Joseph was the tribe of Benjamin. He had he'd kept his lineage. All of his ancestors had remembered they were the tribe of Benjamin. Even if they'd been off in Assyria and Babylon and Persia and come back, they retained their family identity and they were restored to the land. They made it home. It took a long time, probably 150 plus years before their descendants came back. But God was faithful. God said there's hope. You're, you're crying, it, 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 it can stop because there will be hope. Mother of Israel. Now that, of course, is, it's, it's, it's an oracle, it's a promise, it's a prophecy for, uh, for it sounds like not us, for, for Israel, for, for the people of uh, Bethlehem, the people of Benjamin. But despite that, it, it, it's a cry that I think we can hear today for our kids. For our kids to be able to go to VBS, to be able to go to school, to be able to participate in things. I mean, our, our church has done a, a tremendous job breaking the law. We've done great. Um, we, we, have, we, have, we, we did as much as we could um, to, to honor the powers that be, but we have definitely made an effort uh, to include kids and, and to not lose this year. 
And I think, I want to thank, of course, uh, Lindsay, especially our children's director, and, and Lucas, for their monumental efforts, and Rachel uh, Koblenz, of course, for, for trying to keep kids together. And this has been a tough thing for the board. The elders are like, what do, we, do we do this? Do we not? We're worried about lawsuits. We're worried about you know, people reporting on us. We're worried about all of these things. We're doing the best that we can. We are one of the very few congregations, one of the very, very few, that have taken these steps. What that means is that already in our congregation, we've taken spiritual growth away from our kids a little bit. Not as much as... But think about the rest of the state. Think about the rest of the country. Kids have gone a year without church. A year without the nourishment of fellowship. Without nourishment from scripture. Our kids need to come home. You remember last week we talked about how Old Testament prophecy is kind of like filling a glass, right? And so in the Old Testament, Yahweh, God, will say something, and then there's a fulfillment. It gets filled up. In this case, God said, Bethlehem, tribe of Benjamin, you're coming back. And that did. It happens. It happened. But we also found out that Jesus fills up the prophecy with even more meaning. Jesus makes it even more... uh, more true and, and more and more life-giving. And let's see how that works out in the New Testament. This uh, Jeremiah 31 is going to come back. Now listen to this. When Herod knew the Magi had fooled him, remember the wise men come uh, and they're like, Herod, where's the baby? Uh, Herod talks to his advisors. They say the Messiah is coming to Bethlehem. The wise men go. They find the child. They, then uh, they're, they're warned in a dream. They go. They leave another way, so they don't tell Herod where the where the baby is. They don't know. They don't tell him that they found him. And so Herod knows he's been fooled. He's very angry. He sends soldiers to kill all the children in Bethlehem and all the surrounding territory who were two years old and younger, according to the time he had learned from the Magi. So he finds out from the wise men that two years, uh, that the baby is two years or younger. Like that's when they started their trip to follow the star and all that. So he, he knows the basic timeline. He sends soldiers to kill. We, uh, we, don't, we don't have any historical records of whether or not there was a massacre in Bethlehem and the surrounding territories. Um, it may be, and God, I, I hope it's the case that, that the Lord did something like this, but it might be that the soldiers refused to carry out these orders because they're particularly horrific. Um, we, we don't know, there, or there may have been a slaughter. It's, it's, it, we're, we're not sure. But notice the similarity. Herod goes in, get, get rid of the kids of Bethlehem and the surrounding areas, just as Sennacherib came and got rid of the children of Bethlehem and the surrounding area. And so Matthew sees, the early Christians see this, and they realize there's been a filling up of the words of uh, Jeremiah the prophet. This fulfilled, I would say filled up, the words spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. Going on. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and much grieving. Rachel weeping for her children, and she did not want to be comforted because they were no more. But listen, in the same way that that, that Yahweh promised, stop stop it, Rachel, stop it, Israel, the children are coming back. Listen, after King Herod died, an angel from the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, take the child and his mother to the land of Israel. Come back. Come back to your ancestral homeland. You're not exiled forever. The reason that you were kept away, this evil king, he's gone now. You're free now. Come back. Those who are trying to kill the child are dead. 
Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. It happened in 700 B.C. Bring the kids back. It happened again after King Herod died. Bring the son back. Bring the Messiah back. Bring the child back to Bethlehem, to Nazareth. Bring him home. And it is time for Coast Bible Church to advocate on the behalf of those who have been left behind, those who have been exiled this year. In 2021, I believe this prophecy needs to get filled up even more. Our kids need to come home. This is tough. It's tough because in this church we have um, a wide variety of people on the political and public health spectrum. Um, When we uh, came back into the sanctuary, our numbers uh, dropped from about 130 a Sunday to about 80 a Sunday. And, And for good reason, because there's a lot of people in this congregation who are very vulnerable to COVID-19. And there's a lot of families who are really worried. <laughs> Those of you who are watching online, I'm obviously talking about you. You're worried that, you know, we, we do know that the virus is, um, that kids are almost invulnerable to it. We know that if you're under the age of you know, 20, you're, you have to be, have a lot of comorbidities to be in any real danger. But we understand also that kids can transmit the virus to the truly vulnerable, which is the elderly and those with a lot of comorbidities. We know that. We know that now. And so the question is, how do we as a church relive or live again or reincarnate, reinstantiate, uh, bring, have the Spirit move us to, to, to relive Jeremiah 31 again? What is it going to look like? Well, I think um, I have some suggestions, some ideas, and, and it's really going to be a matter of conscience because for some of you, you'll be like, no, we can't do that uh, because that's totally wrong and the wrong way. And then others of you will be like, yeah, I like that. I want to do that one. And hopefully, if I think, after we go through all of these, everyone will be a little bit upset about something that I'm recommending. So here we go. Um, the first is we, 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 whatever we do, we need to uh, advocate for policies in this state that will protect the vulnerable population. And that is those with uh, comorbidities and those who are elderly. Um, we have some brave... Uh, well, you guys aren't elderly. You're just seasoned. We don't have... We, no, no, our elderly are mostly staying home, um, which is good. Uh, but we do have some people who are, you know, venturing into um, the danger zone. The obese, like myself, uh, are on that list, so I got to lose weight. Um, help, but we, we, whatever we do, we want to advocate for policies and procedures that are going to, you know... Protect the, the most vulnerable. And, and we know that because uh, Colleen Bacon, her, her dad, um, was in a, a facility. And uh, this summer, he got COVID and, and passed away. He died. Um, and it was a, it was a super spreader event. The, everyone in the facility got it. And there were a number of fatalities. And so we have to advocate for that. So whatever we do, we have to make sure that we're, we're advocating for something that's going to protect um, those who are most vulnerable to this virus. I think we can all probably agree on that. Next. Next. 
If there are ways to get kids back to school, we must do that. That must happen in 2021. Brooke has already lost too much school time, and it shows. She doesn't know anything because she's been, she's been watching these Zoom videos of a teacher trying to communicate, and she's checked out. She's on her phone the whole time. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I wouldn't pay attention if I were you. Ugh. But we know that it can be done. I don't care if it requires more resources. Oh, oh, Evie's the same way. You don't even go to class anymore. You just, do, you, do you watch this thing? Do you watch it? She turns on the computer. So at least it's on in the background. Great. Fantastic. I'm sure that's super, super effective. I'm just joking, kid. You may have noticed by now, I, nothing I say that is like that is real. I know that you're doing a great job in whatever it is that you do. Okay. Uh, but we know because Stony Brook has done this. Stony Brook has reopened. Why are our public schools not reopening? This has to stop. This has to stop. And if we have to write letters and we have to call the governor or whatever, we need to do that. We ha- we're Christians. Do you realize that Christians have always been known as the people who protect the young? Do you realize that one of the most effective ways that Christians, Christianity grew in the Roman Empire was because children who were thrown out to die, it was called uh, abandoning a child, they would just abandon unwanted babies into the trash dump. Christians would come along and adopt those babies and raise them as their own. That's how, that's how the faith expanded in the empire. And here we are saying, ah, oh, Brooke, you don't need school. Forget it. Cammy, do whatever you want. That's fine. Julia Gulia. You just, you wear your Nirvana shirts, listen to Nirvana all day long, but don't, but don't do anything. Don't do anything with your, your classmates. Don't do anything. No, forget that. You don't need that. How are we as a people sleeping at night when we're letting our kids get left behind? If we have to put up plastic dividers and make them wear masks, and that's going to make people feel good, do it. And here's where we get in trouble. Operation Warp Speed. There's a vaccine. Pretty cool. Did you see the video of the nurse who took the vaccine and passed out? That was awesome. (laughs) I want to to be that nurse. I know that there is a significant portion of the population here at the church that are anti-vaxxers. I get that. And if you cannot get behind uh, vaccines, I'm not going to tell you one way or the other to get behind vaccines or not. But if you are on board for vaccination and you believe that we can get our kids back to school, back to life, back to church, if we get enough people vaccinated, then by golly, you advocate for that. Write to our representatives, uh, who is it, Porter, Katie Porter. I'm going to send an email this week with Katie Porter's email address and you tell her to get this thing moving. Because our kids can't lose another year. And if you think the problem is the governor, then get your butt out there, sign that petition, get him recalled. If that's what you think, wherever your conscience dictates, whatever it is, I want you as a Christian, I want us as Christians to advocate for our kids. And most of all, we must pray because they've lost a year. They've lost a year of school. They've lost a year of friends. They've lost a year of spirituality. All across this country. All across the world. They've been sent off to Assyria. 
And our kids need to come home. May God in 2021 fill up the prophecy that says, Rachel, you can stop crying. Your endurance has been rewarded. Your kids are coming home. There's hope for your future. Your kids are coming home. I'm asking us all uh, to begin right now. Um, Aaron, when we pray for our meal, we need to pray uh, for our kids to come home from now on, in 2021. In whatever way you feel comfortable, whatever policy you believe is going to be best to get our kids back on track, you have to advocate and act for that. I will send an email on Tuesday, maybe tomorrow, with a list of things that you can do. Some of them you will feel not good about. Some of you are probably big fans of Gavin Newsom, but you don't want him recalled. Okay, don't do that. Others of you think he's awesome, or you think he's terrible, and you want to... If that's, if that's what you believe is going to make Desi great again, then do it. And if it's not, then don't. If it's sending a letter to Katie Porter, if it's, if it's I'll, like I said, I'll give you a list of things that you can, you can do. If it's donating to nonprofits, if it's getting uh, your ki- uh, kids out of public school and into private school, whatever it is, you must do it. Or homeschooling, you must do it. You must. We can't let our children lose another year. And we cannot be faithful to the one who suffered the little children to come unto him if we are not doing everything within our power to bring our kids home. Let's pray. Gracious God, we pray a blessing right now on the unseen victims of this pandemic. the ones who don't get new stories, the ones who have suffered silently. We pray for those um, who are battling suicide, suicidal ideation right now. God, please give them hope to know that this is not forever. This is gonna end. We praise you, God, for places like Stony Brook and the teachers who've been faithful, even those who've been scared about catching the virus to go and be be there for the kids and, and to pour into them. Thank you for the homeschoolers. God, we pray for our public schools, Lord. Please give our children their lives back. Pray for our leaders, God. Give them wisdom to to see that this generation is, is in danger. That they can't go on like this. God, may we weep as Rachel did our children. And may God, you come and answer again. Fill up the prophecy of Jeremiah 31 again in 2021. God, fill it up and bring our kids home. May we faithfully pray. May we we faithfully advocate. May we faithfully act. And may you bring our children home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.